Welcome to Manager Tools. This week, part two of how to write a job description. Here we go. Folks, we mentioned on last week's cast and job descriptions about uh, our licenses. We've now changed our licenses. There's no longer a Manager Tools license or a Career Tools license. If you don't know, we do have two podcasts every week. Uh, we just discovered that we're, our shows are downloaded 2.5 million times a month. So there are a lot of fellow listeners along with you. Hopefully that makes you feel better. And you can license our materials so that you can download show notes for all the shows, for the entire archive, nine years worth of shows, thousands and thousands of show notes, so you don't have to listen to a show. And it includes both manager tools and career tools, over six or seven or 800 shows at this point. And we intend to go for many years more. Please come to the website and we encourage you to become a licensee for $200 a year. The list is just going to be bullets, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't have to be a good writer, right? Right. You don't. It's just boom, boom, boom. And because of the tone, dry and no nonsense, I don't think anybody needs a lot of coaching on how to write just factual, actual right. bullets that are not. You're not trying to create a document, right? Right. You're just listing stuff. I've written some job descriptions that the bullets. Maybe some people will not think well of me for saying this, but some of my bullets were not even what would be considered a complete sentence. They're right? not, Just, no. No, technically responsible for X is a complete sentence. But yeah, there's all kinds of bullets that wouldn't be complete right. sentences. And and the grammar in lists, actually, if you read stuff on grammar, um, grammar in lists and the declarative list statement right. um, gives you all kinds of abilities outside of sentence structure. Right. So yeah. So, you don't, all you need is bullets. We're capturing data. Remember, it doesn't sell, it just tells. It doesn't persuade, it just reports. So ask yourself what you expect out of the role. Guys, stick to tasks and activities, not demeanor, mm-hmm. okay? If you wanna throw something in there because you feel strongly about that, that's fine, but it shouldn't be one of the top five, okay? And it helps to start your bullet sentences or just your bullets. And by the way, you can put a period at the end of the bullet and it doesn't make it a sentence inherently. Um, I wouldn't, but you could. And if you have one bullet with one period, one full stop, all of all them of need them to need have to. a full stop at right. the end. Or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Um, so start with, my favorite one is responsible for, um, because of course that, that's resume talk. But achieve, coach, foster lead, reduce, ensure, improve, develop, build, cut, manage, control, administer, process, produce, reduce. Okay, I think I said reduce twice. So just start with that, responsible for, boom. Now, if you're still struggling and you don't have 10 bullets, trust us, just start writing. You're gonna get to eight in five minutes. Yeah, Maybe not the perfect wording, you'll have to go back and edit. And if you only end up with eight and you uh, have some incredible mental block, you're done. Okay? You're done. Because again, there's not some magical template in the sky of perfection. And if if the ninth and tenth were that important, you wouldn't have to think that hard about them. Exactly. Great. All right. Now, if you don't have 10 or if you're struggling for whatever reason or you don't like the way Danny and I are talking about this, so we're not making any sense. Ask yourself the following questions. And by the way, for those of you who love, as I do, as one of my all-time favorite casts, the how to prepare for and write and deliver an annual review, which we did 
nine years ago. Oh, it was a yeah. it was one and of it the was first. Long. Yeah. It was like it was three forty five minute casts. Yeah. And it tells you exactly what to do. In hindsight, it should have been 20 casts mm -hmm. because it was so detailed. Uh, but in there, we buried how to come up with a simple job description because if you don't have a job description, it's really helpful to create one on the fly to write a review mm -hmm. on somebody. And for a long time, Wendy and I have said, we don't repeat stuff in casts, but we have gotten the question so many times how to write a job description. And then we tell people go back and listen to the annual review thing and then they get a funny look on their face. And they're like, they send us an email going, what? And then they have to go listen to the entire cast if they're not a licensee in order to find it. Right. So these questions were buried in the uh, writing a review cast. Um, we don't feel bad that we're repeating ourselves because uh, we just discovered back when we did that cast, I think we probably had, I'm guessing here now, Mike would tell me, no, we have data on that, but <laughs> I'm guessing we had 10,000 listeners a week. I'm guessing. I, yeah. That's probably high, in fact, because we'd only been recording for six, seven months. Mm -hmm. It was in the December time. Actually, I think it was in January, and it was really too late for yeah. a lot of people's annual reviews there in two, that December 2005. It was January 2006. So I guess that means eight years ago. Um, guys, we just, we just, Mike just told us at our offsite, we our shows are downloaded 2.5 million times a month so we know that a lot of you are hearing this cast and us maybe for the first time and you won't go back and listen to the three hours of how to write a review even though it's a totally awesome cast if i do say so myself so here are the questions to ask yourself or actually these are fill in the blank type statements first one the reason the company created this job was and then just Trust your pen to keep writing or typing. Okay. The most important ways a person doing this job should spend their time are. Okay. The two to three most important duties of this job are. And those two to three are going to be your top two That's to three. That's right. And then you're 30% of the way through Done. the list of 10. Um, what, what this job takes to be successful is. Good, good. And the simplest, easiest way to see if this job is being done well is. Yeah. And that simple, I like the last one. That's my favorite. Because it gets you out of the thing of thinking there's a list somewhere of what this job is. Right. And you can just sit there and think, what would I see this person doing if I thought she was being awesome in her job? Right. right? What would I see? And that helps me get in a completely different space, headspace in, in, in my brain. Okay. Now, the other reason why you don't need a completely exhaustive list is we recommend you steal a standard concept from the executive ranks of organizations everywhere. Now, there's a military axiom that translates into the non-military organizational professional world, which says a commander is responsible for everything his or her unit does or fails to do. And by the way, when we talk about professionalism, uh, Mike and I, of course, form military that's not where a lot of this stuff comes from. But the genesis of professionalism, the world's militaries were heavily involved in that. It was one of the first professions where you didn't have to go to school and you could come up through the ranks. And, and in the beginning, all the leaders, all the officers were, of course, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. They were landed gentry and titled and so on. But the military was a place where you could become quite powerful, quite important, without any specific... Regardless of where birth, you came from. Yeah, birth right? or your name and so on. That was the genesis of what we think of now, the ideas that embody some of the things around professionalism. Okay, that, that concept, that commander concept, trickles down into the executive world, meaning that 
the final responsibility of every professional executive, and then by definition, trickle down to manager, is other reasonable activities not names, named, which are required by management or leadership, okay? It's often written as any other, and what we're suggesting here, these are bullets, this is your last bullet, any other reasonable activity required by management or leadership, or any other actions required by management, period. Any other actions deemed reasonable and necessary by management. And that is your bucket. It's your last bullet and it encompasses everything else because the job is gonna change. This allows you to change the job and say, no, I don't want you to do X, I want you to do Y. The situation's changed, dude. And that way somebody doesn't come back to you and go, wasn't in the job uh, description. Yeah, wasn't the job and this is where, unfortunately, we, we, we owe you guys a cast on unions. And Manager Tools is agnostic on unions. Manager Tools is pro-management subordinate, manager-subordinate, manager-direct relationships. And great manager-direct relationships obviate the need for any union. Um, but this is where unions can, can hamstring organizations because they want to fix the job description so that it is in black and white so that they can grieve things. They want, the, they, they want what, what amounts to a quasi-legal ability to create conflict to say you can't do that you're changing the job but of course the nature of organizations historically has been always to change 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 right okay. i've um, often seen it written as other and also other duties as, as, required, as required or as yeah. assigned like or if you're an admin you can expect to go pick up lunch and dry cleaning and walk the dog we're not suggesting that makes your boss who what makes you walk her dog a good boss but it's absolutely within reason for an admin to have to do that it's right. a little creepy in our opinion <laughs> but dudes, it's that's not unusual. Yeah, it's probably rare, but it's not. You couldn't say this is so unusual that I don't want to. It's do unreasonable. It. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's a responsibilities. Okay, you only need ten. Now we're going to list hiring requirements. Okay, this is where we talk about or where we list out what are the required skills or yeah. required abilities that this person right. has to be able to do right. or yeah it's titled it's often titled that we we say hiring requirements usually the word hiring guys isn't used on the document but we note it here to separate the responsibility of someone in the job from what what we look for in terms of requirements to get the job and this is the air, the place where often people put hiring requirements and then that's what causes the confusion we mentioned above where there's a description of the firm because this becomes an advertisement or right. a listing on something. And there are plenty of companies that post job descriptions as the ad in order to be specific. And then that confuses managers. Well, am I writing an ad? Do I need to talk about culture? No, you don't. So you don't need to call it hiring requirements. You can, Danny said you can call it required skills or requirements or required abilities, but you don't want to put the word hiring because then that makes it an ad and you don't want to do that. So this section is a bulleted list of the skills, traits, abilities, characteristics, experiences, education, accomplishments. What would you expect to see in the background of someone that you would consider hiring for this job? Yeah, and, and many job descriptions overdo the must-have yes. portion. And usually listed at the top, these are the things that are non-negotiable. You have to have a degree, you have to have a master's, you have to have 10 years experience and so on. And managers are like, I'd like my job to be easy. And by the way, we have no problem with that. We love the idea of having a very, very high bar. But guys, when we say raise the bar high, which is I think a first hiring cast we ever did, and it was nine years ago, I didn't think about this at the time. It occurs to me, 
people may have thought I must come up with a long list of must-haves to have Mark feel like, oh yeah, I've got a, I've got an impenetrable wall for people to right. pole vault over. That's not what we intended at all. What we want is for you to find somebody awesome for your opening. And we don't care where they went to school. And we don't care whether they've done the job for before. We care whether or not they can do the job. And that's where your judgment comes in before you make the decision to offer them a job. So things like degrees and years experience, as example, are pretty common. They're listed as musts. And again, they're non-negotiable. And there's a difference between must and likes or yeah, yeah. wishes. Good to have, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where a lot of managers think is, if I was hiring the perfect person for this job, what would it look like? Right. Which there is no perfect person right. for yeah. the job. Yeah. And so it, do, it does become that unattainable wish list. Yeah. Well, we're here to interview somebody. And there's a lot of reasons why we ought not to interview this person. On the other hand, there are reasons to do so. If we had just created a requirements list for the job and we were thinking about all the things, we're thinking about this direct who works for us, and then we come up with the requirements for the job, we're going to naturally protect ourselves, defend the role, and we're going to create a list that will eliminate all kinds of people who will be great. Right. One of the most important things to learn about managing guys is hiring is the key. I mean, yeah, one of, the management trinity is what you do with people who work for you. But if you want to get better results, learn how to hire better. And that's why Effective Interviewer Series will come out sometime here in the next year. And it's okay to hire somebody who's non-standard as long as you're confident in your managerial skills so you can handle them, right? right? The better a manager you are, the more you can say, I don't care whether this guy has a degree or not. This kid just is awesome and he'll do anything for me. Mm -hmm. and, and more and more I say to myself, just find somebody who has this fabulous attitude and works their tail off and is smart. And of course, we're here in Chicago. Uh, Hewitt Associates, one of my favorite firms in the history of the world, taught the technique of SWAN. Smart, wow. works hard, great attitude, or actually they changed that to ambitious, and then nice. Nice. Right? And there's not a degree in there. There's no <laughs> listing a degree. I know when I, I found my one of the lessons that I learned myself or realizations that I came to when I was writing job descriptions was I tended to think about what were the problems of people who didn't do this job well? Oh, and then well, that's great. What? Yeah. And then I tried to write requirements that I thought would address that. Right. And I realized pretty quickly that is totally backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I need to think about right. who's doing this job great. Right. Well, but what you could do is ask yourself, okay, who's troublesome? Who's not doing the job? Ask yourself what it is they don't have. Put that down on the list, maybe put it lower, and make sure you don't write it in an imperative, declarative right. format, like must have or have to be willing to work with. And by the way, the has to be willing to work well with people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't need that one. Okay. So what's funny often, guys, about a long list of must haves is that often the people you already have in the role and doing it competently don't meet your criteria for hiring. So, right. so there's a, a check here. When you get done with your list, you go back and apply it to the people who are in the role. And if none of them meet it, your list is too hard. It's too high, too many must-haves, and you need to soften it. Now, one of the things you can do to soften it is just change a must-have, the, the imperative nature of the tone of that, right. to desired, right. right? And have a long list of desired things. And then... Don't expect the job description to weed people out. You weed them out in the interview. That's right. You weed them out by looking at their resume. And if their resume has nothing but home run after home run after home run, 
even if they've been in three different jobs that aren't directly related to this one, people who hit home runs in three different jobs, they're going to probably hit home runs in their in fourth your, job. Right. And you want to talk to them. If nothing else, you want to talk to them to make sure they don't have two heads. So many more than 10 requirements, again, not just imperatives or must-haves, but many more than 10 makes it pretty dangerously hard to recruit for a particular position. So be careful about that. And by the way, we're going to ask um, the audience, if you're listening now, we'd really like you to send us job descriptions. Oh, that'd be great. Why not get 50 or 100 yeah. of them? And, and dudes, use one of those. And, and even if one of them departs from our guidance by 20%, remember what we said, there's no magic template. Manager Tools is not about getting you from zero to 100, 100 being the top. Manager Tools is getting you from zero to 20, then you using your judgment and your confidence to get to 50 without even trying. And remember, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is king or queen. We just don't want you sitting there thinking, oh, I'm at zero. We don't want that. Right. Okay. The last phase, and this is another good part of this cast. This turned out to be way this, more fun than I. <laughs> you had a lot of fun yeah, writing it. Yeah, I, I did. I was <laughs> laughing at it. Yeah. Once you create the job description, guys, you send a copy to HR. And by the way, you're just getting brownie points there. Yeah. They'll send back, why are you sending this? Hey, I realized the job didn't have a job description. I thought it might be helpful. Figured you'd want a copy of it. And HR is going to go, well, like, why are they sending us stuff that we didn't ask for? Because we like it when we ask them for things because that means that they have to do the things we tell them to because we report somebody more senior to them. Yeah, that's just wrong <laughs> that they have power because of who they report to, but anyway. And then maybe you start seeing your job description showing up in other places or in yeah. HR's portal. Or... Yeah, like, hey, by the way, there's a manager over here in this department. She does really good job <laughs> yeah. descriptions. You should look at hers. And you're thinking, mine are really good? That was the first one right. I ever did, which tells you, of course, there is no golden template, okay? And so you send it to HR, send it to your boss if you think he or she cares at all. Dudes, no offense if I were your boss, I wouldn't. If you said I carried a job description, I'd be like, great, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not in your job description <laughs> requirements, so I don't care. Uh, but others might, and that's okay. And you know what? If you're a really fast-growing organization and lots of managers are suddenly having to interview and so on, it would be good to share it with other people. And, yeah. and I don't mean to diminish managers who would say, I'd like the job description. It'd be helpful. If I were interviewing in a fast-paced organization, if Danny reported to me and she was a manager and I was a director and she had a job description, I, I would probably not be interested in it until she said, I'd like you to vet the person I just interviewed. And I'd say, sure, send me the job description. And then I would, it would be much better for me. I don't need total visibility into every one of the job right. structures that you've created in our fast-growing organization. On the other hand, if I have job description, I can totally interview way easier. Now, I would also expect you to send me an interview creation tool output. That's right. Which, by the way, if you were a licensee, you would know what the interview creation tool is. We have over, did Mike tell us, over 5,000 yeah. interviews created? Created. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. you can't have somebody else's. But if you're a licensee, we have an interview creation tool. Answer 64 questions about any job. Think about the job. Answer the questions on a scale of one to five. And when you're done, it'll take you 30, 45 minutes tops. You will have what you will agree is the best interview you could ever give someone to screen for that job you're hiring for. Uh, and you can keep it forever. We don't sell the interview creation we tool. Don't. We don't. It's only available to licensees. And for those of you who don't know, now if you get a license, there are no more manager tools or career tools licenses. There are only personal licenses, and they're $200 a year. 
uh, and that's recurring, or how much is it a month? Is it 20? $20, $20 a mm -hmm. month? And you get access to all of the manager tool show notes, all of the career tool show notes, the interview creation tool, the retention tool, which is gonna come out this year as well, um, which has been finished actually for a while now, um, and a couple other things mm -hmm. as well. Trinity um, rollout emails. Oh, Trinity rollout emails, exactly. Yeah. yeah, good. Okay, one more thing, guys. Um, sorry, we got off track there. Now we learn the manager tool that makes this so much easier from now on. We recommend you start this by creating your job own job description. That's the easiest one for you to do, okay? Then send that job description for your job, and look, if you're a licensee, these show notes, to each of your directs who have unique roles. Send it to all of your directs and have multiple people create one for the same job if you like and ask them to create their own job description because once you give them a one-page template, they'll realize they could do the same thing Absolutely. too. And then you will say, you've got a week. If you want to handwrite it, that's fine, but I'd prefer an email, right? And then you'll edit it into final form. And literally, guys, with any luck, you and your team can create all the necessary job descriptions for everybody, you and all your team, in a week which literally means one week from I don't know how to done and no more administrative worrying about you don't have one and what if I have to hire and what if HR asks for one and then I have to throw one together and then I have to go Google it and I discover that there's a bunch of them out there and some of them really aren't very good. I used to do this with my directs. We would do this every year. Oh, because, because of the, the incremental change. Right. Genius. And so every year yeah. we we do yeah. our annual offsite and I would say, okay, guys, come prepared with your... Job descriptions right. for the year, yeah. right? And don't overdo it. Don't overanalyze. No. And you high C's, don't give me five pages. One page. One, One page. page. Yeah. Because yep. that's all. The, all the value is on the first page. It's like a resume. Okay. So, guys, wrapping up. There is no one right way. I think we beat that horse pretty well. <laughs> Horseman's Law of Management Blindness. You only need one page. You've got a simple admin section, which is not titled, which includes the job title, uh, where it is, who it reports to, and then the status, exempt or non-exempt, that special category. Create 10 responsibilities. Guys, if you wanna do 15, we're not gonna fall on our swords and tell you you're wrong. But 10 is something you can feel you can achieve, and it will satisfy everyone. List the hiring requirements, and then disseminate it, give it to your boss, give it to HR, and give it to your team and have them repeat it. And even if they only do 80% of the job that you did, you still probably have good enough job description. So let's not make this harder than it is, right? Yeah, don't. Totally it's something agree. we need to do, but let's not overdo it. There's right. no, I think we've said this multiple <laughs> times, yeah. there's no perfect template out there that everybody else has and you don't have. They don't have it. They don't know how to do it. Break it down into parts, into these sections. Do your best. Get it to one page. And you'll totally be the one-eyed king of job descriptions in blind Bekistan. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> And that's what Manager Tool is all about. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Danny. Great. Thank you. That's it for part two, everybody. There's no part three. We've talked as much as we possibly can about how to write a job description. We hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week. After all, it's spring and it's Manager Tools and you never know.